It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, December 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is asking the question for the Flyers, is winning a good thing? It's a loaded question. Yeah, we are going to dig into that, plus the latest Flyers news and news from the NHL Board of Governors meetings and your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Russ, uh, Louis Belpedio has cleared waivers, so he'll be heading back to Lehigh Valley. As of this recording, still no word that they're going to do any call-ups for the road trip, but we do have a little bit of time for that uh, since the next game isn't until tomorrow night, so we'll see what happens there. It doesn't look great, though. Let, let, we have to say that it, it doesn't look great for having what you think you'd want to have happen, happen. I would say that. Yeah, I, I would I would say so. And you can debate whether that's good or bad, but whether it's happening or not, um, I, I don't know yet. We will find out tomorrow, I'm sure. But uh, the other good news is that Oliver Bonk and Denver Barkey are both on Team Canada's selection camp roster for World Juniors. And um, I, I think it's, to be expected, I, I think, in, in a large respect, but it's always good to see that on paper. Yeah, I mean, Bonk is a lot. Their defense isn't that strong. He's having a great year. Barky's the one that's kind of like, he's going to have to prove it. There's plenty of offensive players there, so right. he's going to really have to prove it. I think Bonk will have an easier path. Yeah, it is really interesting because this is a year for Team Canada where several of the top guys that would normally be on this team are actually in the NHL and are not yeah. getting, you know, wavered to, to be able to go play. Yeah. Bedard, Kelly, Korchinski, those, you know. Yeah. Those are three big names that could yeah. have been, you know, hugely impactful for team Canada. And so I think the, the forward battle to your point is going to be very interesting. Yes. In other news, the NHL Board of Governors is having meetings right now. And I think, you know, the biggest question that everybody has as far as the future of the NHL right now is the potential cap increase because, you know, we've been working in a kind of limited economy here ever since mm -hmm. COVID. Um, and with the whole escrow situation, and there had been a promise made that if the escrow got paid off by the players in this, you know, by a certain time, next year's salary cap was was going to be the big jump up. 
And the estimate right now is 87.65 million, which would be a significant increase from the 83.5 we've got now. Yeah, I mean, it's a good increase. It's going to help most teams, but some of it's a drop in the bucket for others. Like, it's just not going to do a ton. It might get you a player if you're a tight cap team. I mean, that could potentially be a second pairing defenseman right there. Uh, second pair, uh, maybe not with this new economy, maybe, maybe a third pair. I don't know if you can get a second pair before anymore. Well, I guess it depends on who that second pairing defenseman is, but, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's going to make contract negotiations a very interesting part of the remainder of this season going into the off season, you know, just, Hey, Carter Hart comes to mind, right? a year after that, Konechny, like what are they going to do with Travis Konechny? Like it starts to affect those kinds of things, yeah. Right. So are existing players going to get a piece of that pie? Or is oh, it, no. you know, you know, is it all going toward um, signing free agents? Like how is all this going to work? Yeah, that's where the they teams? make their money is on their next contract. And they don't have yeah. any more escrow, so they'll make exactly what it says on the contract. So we shall see with that and how that affects all the teams out there. Uh, some other topics mentioned. I think the other big thing to come out of it is that we have it confirmed. Uh, it was kind of rumored, but now it's confirmed that next year's NHL draft will be at the Sphere in Las Vegas, uh, the new venue there that's got all sorts of special video producing capabilities yeah. and video game like interactive quality to it um it'll be june 28th and 29th of next summer and um this will be their final full draft before they do this decentralized version of it which makes me kind of sad we've talked about that before but uh, it's it's hard for me i mean i've been covering since 01 and now you're telling me it's going to completely change and i'm like i don't even want to think about it I'm just going to try and enjoy this draft and I'll worry about it down the road, but I don't even want to think about it. Uh, What's your take on having it at the sphere? I think it'll be interesting. I think the big key is when you're showing somebody from name a team getting picked 24th overall in the first round and that player gets shown on the sphere, will people in town care? That's what you have to ask yourself because Las Vegas is a busy place. So are people on your strip going to stop and stare at this kid from Moose Jaw? Uh, I don't know. Like that's, that's, that's a big question to ask. And that's what I want. This is what goes through my head, you know, like second round, definitely not. But first round, when will people like stop paying attention when everything's on the sphere? That's what I wonder. Well, I think it'll be interesting to have that, magnitude of like a kid's highlights showing up i think that'll be oh, yeah. super no cool. question like getting your picture on the sphere is great um maybe aliens will enjoy the uh the show <laughs> if we have aliens out there i don't know if we do i don't think we do i don't believe but maybe the aliens could watch the nhl draft for a change i don't well, know they're just right around the corner in area 51 but that's true i think that the other part of it though is that based on what just went down in vegas with the whole f1 debacle I think yeah. something as you know less intrusive as just the sphere projecting will make everybody in Las Vegas happy. I gotta say, oh, it'll make them happy. It's just you know, can you get them to care? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that matters as much in in the grand scheme for the lower round stuff. But I I think the spectacle of it should be a lot of fun, especially, you know, if if we are decentralizing and this is like the last hurrah of the bigger version of the draft. I mean, the last hurrah being in Vegas sort of makes sense. That that part checks out. So I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, other news, uh, they're still in discussions about the Olympics, but the players want to go. The fans want the players to go. So I, I assume they're going to no figure discussion. it out. All they're trying to figure out is the insurance and who's paying for it and who's getting some maybe some advertising or merch deals. And that's it. That's all they're figuring out. Yeah, we'll see if uh, they can dot those I's and cross those T's. It'll happen. Um, our next opponent, the Arizona Coyotes, are finalizing the purchase of some land in the Phoenix area for an arena build. Fingers crossed that they get that solidified. And, uh, I mean, my fingers crossed for Robin that it's not just another, hey, we're <laughs> signing this thing, but nothing ever comes out of it, uh, which is a possibility. So, I, you know, I saw Robin's impassioned plea, her video, and I get her feeling about it. But there's also this other feeling that you can't shake that, hey, just because you sign a land deal doesn't mean you're going to be able to develop what you want on it. Robin is our friend over at Locked On Arizona Coyotes. We will put a link to that impassioned plea in the show notes so you can see yeah. it for yourself. And uh, one other bit of news, the IIHF is going to mandate neck guards for all levels of their competition. Uh, they don't have a date for it to go into effect due to the current supply issues. Cause obviously the supply, the demand yeah. for it went up, you know, even some NHLers can't get them quite yet. So right. I think they're going to wait for the supply issues to level out before they absolutely. No, that's fair. Yeah. Before they absolutely mandate it. But I think it's a good thing across the board. Every mother of a hockey player out there is a little happier today. All right. So we are going to ask that loaded question that we asked up front. Is winning good for the Flyers? And I think there's some interesting discussions to be had around that question. We will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the game time app is that it's great for getting notified about the last minute tickets. Plus you can get that all important view from your seat. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and sometimes up to an hour after it starts. So it's the place to find those last minute seats. Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, 
player pop props over and unders and more. Uh, with the Eagles playing the Cowboys this week, I go with the over. I think that's a uh, a pretty good bet, and I think you'll see a lot of scoring in that game. We'll see. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get into the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. On tomorrow's show, we will be previewing the matchup against the aforementioned Arizona Coyotes. Plus, we will take a look at Flyers prospect Owen McLaughlin, a local kid from Phoenixville who was a seventh round pick in 2021. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, uh, with the two wins against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, to be fair, are having their own issues. uh, So, uh, you know, some might put an asterisk next to those wins. But with uh, per torts in his postgame presser after the second win against the Pence, you know, the Flyers have gotten five out of six points in the last several games and are finding ways to win or finding ways to grab extra points. And, you know, we've been sort of dancing around this topic of, you know, is this a good thing? And there are some people saying, I'm mad that the Flyers are winning all these games because we want a high draft pick for Macklin Celebrini or whoever else they want in the upcoming draft. And that, you know, we're in this rebuild and we should be tanking to some degree to get those high draft picks and, you know, just start raking in assets and trade everybody. And the Flyers are, are in the mushy middle right now. And I think that, you know, they're doing some really good things. They're doing some things that people have been questioning. But I guess just like starting here, is it good to even go there to have this conversation at all? Yeah, I think you do have to have it. I think you have to have it because you have to decide, like, you know, are the Flyers for real? And, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins right now we're a non-playoff team too so you're you're beating a team now i look at things differently yes you did get those two points for these two games but you didn't stop the penguins from getting a point either so if this were to continue against other teams later in the season you know it becomes a mathematical nightmare so that's one thing i didn't look at their regulation wins i I should look at it because that matters at the end of the year right that's something where that comes into play in this argument Winning is good. There's nothing wrong with winning. If you're winning too much, you better be winning too much with guys that are going to be on your team for the next two or three years. That's my edict. And that's the part that I think they're getting wrong right now because Mark Stahl won't be there. Walker, maybe, maybe not. Sealer, probably not. There's a lot of guys in the lineup that won't be there. Even Travis Konechny, probably not. Unless they're going to pay a big extension for him, which I'm not sure they're going to do. So you have to, and even Carter Hart, we don't know. There's a lot of ifs on that. So if they were to win this season, let's just say they win this season, they play in the playoffs, they lose in the first round, there's a little bit of benefit. But you didn't benefit your rebuild at all because you're going to be picking later. You're going to be wondering now still about a bunch of these prospects. You know, you might not wonder about Forrester. That's fine. You're probably going to trade Morgan Frost. You're still going to wonder about Zamula. Like there's going to be more questions than answers, this especially late in the season when they're not going to bring up these guys when you're winning. So that's you have to now decide: is that something you want or not? Or don't want as a fan, right? And and that's where I start to wonder: does draft position matter as much if the Flyers are going to have those two 
first round picks as we think will turn out in the end that, you know, they're going to get two quality prospects, you know, assuming they pick well, um, no matter what. Well, that's, because- that's Assuming they pick well is about 40 or 45 percent of the Right. And there, you know? but I think everybody kind of has the same odds in terms of are they going to pick well or not? No, I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, I think within a Some certain teams range. Do it better. Some teams yeah. do it better. We have to acknowledge that. I guess, but you know, if you have if we have like a something around 10 or 12 for the first pick and then something uh-huh. around 20 for the second pick, wouldn't you There's want- a big difference. But I, I wouldn't you want that. all the winning and that? versus maybe one good pick and develop nobody. Okay, so there is a difference because I'm starting to develop my list and and it won't be the same exactly from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, we know that. But there's a difference between 10 and 12. Like after that top 10, there's a difference. Now, it's not a difference of you might get a bad player, but it's a difference of you might not get a franchise player. And so again, when we look around at the Flyers, they may have two franchise players in, in Goche and Michkov, but odds are maybe only one of them is a franchise player. And franchise player means Claude Giroux, that kind yeah. of success. Yeah. Like one of the best you've had in the last 10 years. You know, that's a franchise player. Even Konechny is not a franchise player. He's a really good player. So there is, to me, there's that distinction. And so you have to look around the league and see had how easy it is is it to survive because yes even if you pick well in that first round you might get i don't know a second line forward and a second pairing defenseman but if you'd have picked in the top five you'd be getting a top line forward or a top pairing defenseman there is some value to that a lot of it and that's and but it does vary that is not a that is not a straight line because not every draft is equal I I would rather, though, have the weaker picks and have some success to build on. I think that getting a winning mindset and what like what the Flyers are doing right right now is they're playing hard and they're resilient. And I like that. And I, I think it kind of backs up the argument that Torts was making that we're in year two of this rebuild right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to what say, but they're not. They're not even. I don't even think they've hit the rebuild yet. All they've done is gained assets. They're not acting like they're in a rebuild. I, I could say that. Well, but I think you could the say they're in. in. The front office is in that mindset, but the team is not acting like they're in a rebuild. Well, but I think that what they're doing is not bad. I think that. I'm not what, saying it's bad. I'm just saying they're not acting like they're in a rebuild. That's all. Well, how would you say, what would they be doing? What would the team be doing if they're in a rebuild differently then? They'd be playing Mark Stahl a couple times a week. They wouldn't, you know, there would be guys in that lineup that wouldn't be in the the fourth liners would be broken up every once in a while. There would be guys who were sitting would actually get in who were young players. So like Belpedio wouldn't have sat that long. Torch just left him out there because he probably knew he wasn't going to use him and didn't want to take playing time away from anybody in Lehigh. So he just left Belpedio out there. But you could rotate guys in that are young players given valuable experience and that have not be a waste of time, but they're not really doing that. Same with Zamula. If Zamula didn't have this contract situation, I don't even know if he'd play him anymore. So I think we have to come to grips with that. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that is an aspect of it that is missing right now. And it's hard to argue with winning, you know, in in terms of athletes and coaches and they want to win. And if the team is winning, it's hard to make the argument to make changes. But to your point, a rebuild would be playing some of the younger guys a little bit more and would be okay with losing a little bit more. Um, Right. And you're winning. And you're rotating in your young guys and you've got like three or four guys that are going to take a step forward for the next year. I'm on board. Yeah. But it usually doesn't happen. That's all. Yeah. I, I do also like talk about um, the team that plays hard and Torch says that all the, t- all the time. This team mm-hmm. has heart and they play hard. And Nothing I wrong with that. That's good. He's done that. Yeah, I think that is a really, really good thing. And it's a good culture to instill. And mm-hmm. last year, like I was not certain that they had instilled any new culture in the team at all. Uh, but I feel like it's coming to fruition a little bit right now. And and mm-hmm. that feels good and something that is sustainable oh, that moving good. forward. That's positive. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering about like the wear and tear on some of these guys, right? I mean, the, the legit questions you have to ask is right now, Travis Sandheim's, you know, playing a lot. He's playing 26 minutes a game on average, on average. His, his last year, which was more than he's ever played, was 20. The records are just shy, just a little over 30 with Chris Pronger. That's the record. He's getting dangerously close to the record. Can he do that for a whole year? Can Sean Couturier stay in the lineup the whole year? Can Cam Atkinson stay in the lineup for the whole year? These are legitimate questions that we don't really have an answer to. Uh, and and we knew they'd be better with Couturier and Atkinson. Like, how couldn't you be? Right. But again, we don't have answers to those questions yet. And those are legit questions. All right. Well, so far, I think the answer is winning is good, but we still have some questions about how the rest of the year is going to go relative to a rebuild. Am I correct? Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. Uh, now that we've solved that problem, uh, it is time to answer your questions in our mailbag, and we will do that coming up next. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can do it all with Indeed. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of those quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for those quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked on. Plus our national shows like Locked On NHL covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube to subscribe. 
In our mailbag today are some really good questions. Uh, Mario uh, asked us, now this is before the Noah Cates injury that he asked this, but I still think it's a good question. At some point, I would like to see Tippett and Cates play together on the same line if Frost is not an effective center for Tippett. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see this line, but the only change I'm going to make is I'm going to put Cates on the wing and I'm going to keep Frost at center. So, but I, this is the line I want to see. It didn't yeah. look like we were going to get to see that before the injury. We talked about it, but I would like to see it. So if Cates comes back, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the three of them together would be good because I think that Cates and, and Tippett on the wing, to your point, uh, would be a, a pretty deadly combo. Uh, we have a return questiony with uh, the aforementioned Bingy Boodle on YouTube. Still love that username. Yep. Uh, if the Flyers get a number one defenseman, can York, Sandheim, and Bonk be the other three that make up a top four on a team with cup aspirations? And how is Bonk playing for London beyond the numbers? Okay. I mean, Bonk's playing fine. He's going to be a very good defender. He's a second pairing guy. So that's fine. Uh, when you get this number one guy, let's say he takes three years, and that's a short amount of time for a number one. Uh, then you're coming in three years. I don't know what York's next contract is. I don't. Sandheim's will be like in the middle, I guess, right? Maybe like three years left, something like that. And then Bonk will uh, probably be just off his ELC, something like that, maybe. So it's possible, but the the hard part is this young number one, he's really got to really be almost ready to roll at that point. And sometimes, look, even look at Owen Power. While he's playing really well, this is like his second year, right? And, you know, it's not all perfect yet. So I think there's a chance, but it's hard to piece that together. Yeah, the timing is going to have to work out perfectly. And also, I think it's going to depend on if this number one defenseman is drafted or is signed externally. Right. I, th right. I think. You know, there's a big difference there in, in how that plays out as well. Uh, Ryan has a contract question for us. Does a player have to have a minimum number of seasons played at the NHL level to get a no trade clause put in his contract? Does he get to choose what teams he doesn't want to play for? And is it in the labor contract with the league? The answer to that is yes. Uh, you have to be 27 or older or have seven accrued seasons to get a no trade or a no movement clause. No trade just means you can't get traded without approval. No movement means right. you also add, you can't get waived or sent to the minors or anything without uh, prior approval. And then you have those modified no trade or no movement clauses, which, you know, some teams it's five, it's five teams in some contracts. It's 10 teams where you say, these are the 10 teams I'm willing to get traded to, or here's my no fly list of like cities. I don't want to play in different players set it up differently, depending on their hopes, wishes, and dreams. Um, and some of them delay that going into effect. So you have like the first four years of a six year deal, they have a no trade clause, but in years five right. and six, it goes away. That happens pretty right. frequently as well. Yeah. There's a lot of variations. I was talking to luck on blues host, Haley Simon yesterday about this. And if I remember correctly, I think the Blues may have 11 of these kinds of contracts. The Flyers used to collect them like they were candy with Paul Holmgren. It was bad. And and Chuck Fletcher kept it going. 
And so you do have to be careful with these kinds of deals because while it's nice to have a player locked up and that player feels good about, you know, they don't have to move and everything, it's not necessarily in the best interest of the team to always do this. You really have to hand them out carefully. Yeah, and right now, um, the only, the players on the Flyers that have that are Sean Couturier, uh, Cam Atkinson, and Nick Delorier have modified no-trade clauses, and Travis Sanheim has a, a no-trade clause. Yeah, the fact um, that Nick Delorier has it is just mind-boggling. Yeah, but I think that's, like, pretty good. I mean, I you know, it, it's, a, it's not a ton of them. Well, it depends. I mean, two of the most expensive ones are are in that in that field so yeah it's better than it was i'll say that yeah yeah um and then lastly mark has a, a question for russ what is the best flyers draft pick uh they have made in your time covering the team Claude Giroux. like i was at that draft in vancouver i was doing a live show at the time i rode the plane from new jersey with bobby sanguinetti to the draft because like there was only one you know a couple flights out of philly going to Vancouver. So I happened to be on the flight. Nice kid. He was the guy talked about. We know the story, but they went with Claude Giroux and that was a hell of a pick, man. Like you can't do much better than that. Yeah. I think that was just um, a really spectacular pick. And I remember that season that he played for the Phantoms and then yeah. uh, got uh promoted to the flyers and it was just like mm -hmm. yeah like we have got a good one here like everybody yeah, I covered this early phantom stuff and i could see um the hockey iq the just the way he thought the game was just so on another level maybe his skating wasn't super fantastic but it didn't matter like he, yeah. he got from a to b just fine and so you know later in his career yes did the skating become a little bit of an issue sure but even now he's he knows where to go on the ice. He knows how to generate points. He fires up teammates. He's very good at doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a legend. And I certainly hope at some point there'll be a uh, banner being raised into the rafters with his number yeah, there will be. for the Flyers. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we will be previewing that match against matchup against the very good Arizona Coyotes team which again can't believe i'm saying that we will be talking yep. about owen mclaughlin as well as a reminder we always want to hear from you uh, send in your mailbag questions via twitter at locked on flyers you can email us at locked on flyers at gmail or comment over on youtube i am rachel i'm at r miriam on twitter that's r m i r i a m i'm russ i'm at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y have a great day, everyone.